The story that I'm about to share today comes from the Old Testament and really it begins with a group of people who were very stroppy and they go to the prophet and they say, we want a king. And prophet Samuel goes back to God and says, what shall I do to these people? And he comes back and he says, well, if you wanted to go down the route of having a king chosen among you, these are the problems. And these are the advantages of following the prophets and God. But the people said, no, we want a king. So then God responds to their requests. And in his great wisdom and in his great way of dealing with people, he chooses, he chooses a succession of kings. So it starts with Saul, it starts, and then it hands over to David, and then Solomon, and all the other things, all the other kings. Today we're going to be stopping at a king who was eight years old. We're not going to be talking a lot about Josiah today, but we're going to talk about Josiah's time of reigning and who was involved in that history and in that story. So, for those of you who have got Bibles, the story is taken from Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. We haven't opened Second Chronicles for a long time. Chapter 34. It's in the Old Testament, I guarantee you. Page 329, thanks David. Second Chronicles. Here we've got Josiah and the, 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 the kingship, the, the, the royal family or the royal heritage work that the, the, the children or the sons became kings after their father has died. So in this, his, in this part of the history of people of God, we've got a, a number of bad kings because they did not point to the people their trust and their beliefs in God, but they just did their own thing and they encouraged idol worship and what have you. And here we've got Josiah. His father has just been killed at the age of 24. Josiah was the son of Ammon. Ammon was appointed king when his father Manasseh was killed. And Manasseh was the one who encouraged idol worship all over the country. So here we've got this eight-year-old boy who's just been appointed the king and he's got a task. Now, if you read on um, Chronicles, these are basically notes that people have taken about the kings. You read the Chronicles and it says, but when he was a boy and in his eighth year of his reign... Josiah decides to do something different. He decides to point people into the direction of God. So they have to take action. The first thing was that this temple that was dedicated to God was filled with idols. So people were worshipping these idols. So the first thing that they need to, to get rid of is these idols in the temple. So that's what they do. They go with axes all over the place. The place was messy. The place was dusty. And in the midst of clearing off 
the temple, they find a scroll, which was the scroll from the old book, where the people got their guidance and they got all their lessons and their direction as a nation. The, the, the book that Moses had written for them. Now, how is it possible that in God's temple you can lose God's book? You know how that's possible? Now, you all have got a smartphone. Not all of you, sorry, Richard. <laughs> David, you've got an iPod, don't tell me that. And your iPod has got apps. Right? You know how easy it is? Among the apps here, I've got a Bible app. But I've got the BBC News app. I've got Facebook. I've got Instagram. I've got Twitter. I've got WhatsApp. I've got lots of apps here that can distract me when I want to go into my phone and read God's Word. How is it possible that in the temple of God that they have been so busy with other stuff that they have forgotten about God's book? It is possible. It is possible. They've done it, and it doesn't exempt us from doing it. So this is a, a warning call for us. This is a warning call for us that let's, let's remind ourselves that we need to constantly go back to God's words. Because this is how God talks to us. This is how God communicates His love to us. This is how God communicates His plan for us, His desire to reach out to us. And let's not hide it away and get busy with other stuff that trump the beauty and the power of God's word. So, they find the scroll and they go immediately to Josiah. Now, Josiah had two friends. One friend was, with, I mean, these names are very funny, but the roles that they, they played were great. So one friend was Hilkiah, and the other friend was Shaphan. Hilkiah was the priest, and Shaphan was the scribe, the secretary. And they find this, this scroll, and they say, well, we don't know what to do with this. And then... They approach somebody that we read only here in the scriptures and we read only for this time. We never hear about this person. Now, be honest with me. How many of you have heard of Huldah the prophetess? Elaine, Helen, Mark, Rob, Nicola. Did I leave anybody else? Oh, Jim, of course, sorry. Hulda the prophetess. 
These guys, the, pro- the priest and the scribe, they've got a plan. They say, oh, we know where to take this scroll. We will take it to Hulda, who is part, actually, of the team of the king's palace. Her husband is the, the main tailor, so to say, or the wardrobe keeper. He's, got the guy, he's the guy who's got this relationship with a king that goes back and forth in the way that he dresses and everything. And Hulda is a prophetess here. But she also has got this task of doing her mundane thing. And it's so interesting, I really love this part of the scripture, that in the midst of what was going on in the, 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 the people of Israel, they've been really messed up, they've been really... working again, sorry I thought I'd switch it off they've been messing around with God and now Josiah says no, let's put their attention back to God but they need somebody to interpret the scroll and they find an insignificant person do you know why? because Huldah was the prophetess in the same time when Jeremiah was a prophet, when Zephaniah was a prophet. Now, can you, manage, can you imagine being a prophetess when Jeremiah has been, you know, have you read the book of Jeremiah, all those chapters? The strong Jeremiah who's really day in, day out calling people to come to God. Zephaniah talking about the king coming. Come on, guys, turn to God. Can you... Can you Imagine how insignificant you can feel if you've got a Jeremiah and a Zephaniah doing God's word. Preparing the people for actually to turn to God. But what we read here about Hulda is amazing. Because not only she gets the scroll... But if we read, I'd love for us to read. Um, let's, let's read from verse 23 to verse 27. So we get a picture. Would anybody like to read? Second Chronicles chapter 34, 23 to 27. She said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on this place and its people, all the curses written in the book that have been read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burnt incense to other gods and provoked me to anger by all that their hands have made, My anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard.
because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence I have heard you, declares the Lord now I will gather you to your fathers and you will be buried in peace your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place and on those who live here can you see the message that she's carrying to the king she is fearless but she is very convinced that this is what God is saying so in one sense she is really attuned with God she is really fulfilling the gift that God has given her although it's a very difficult task because she has to confront, she has to disclose, she has to open up really what the scroll means. What a character. What an example. What an inspiration. She was godly, she was attuned to God's presence and fearless. And I think there is an invitation for us today to look at Huldah and saying, well, how does this then translate in a New Testament church? How does this translate in our gathering? How does this translate in the 21st century in the middle of Westbury Park? Well, God had it all planned and organized. What I see here is that whether you were Josiah or whether you were Hilkiah or whether you were Shaphan, whether you were Huldah, you were all tuned to God with a passion to transform the generation that God had placed you into. And I think there is a reaching out call for us here. How does God do it? How does God change his generation here? We know that our society is a mess. We know that our world is in trouble. How does, work, how does God reach out to the world? It's through his church. It's through you and me. And how does he do it? In God's economy, he has given each and every one of you, from the youngest to the oldest, spiritual gifts. For Holka or Huldah, it was prophecy. For the scribe, Shaphan, it was just reading what he could read in front of the king. For the priest, Hilkiah, he did the duty of the priests. But they were kind of all attuned to what God wanted to do in that generation in order to bring change. So here we are, Cairns wrote. God wants to use us. God wants to, to allow us to be part of the change that he wants to bring in this generation. Come on, we've got the young people here today. We've got the older generation of Christians here today. It's, it's this great multitude, cloud of witness. And we're saying, yes, God. I, we know that our society, we know that our neighbours, we know that our city is in a mess, but only you can bring change. But do I want to be part of it? Because God is going to use his church in his economy. He's going to gift his people 
with gifts, spiritual gifts, like he has done to you, in order to reach out. So, we are reminded, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that there are different kinds... You can open your Bibles, actually. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5 to 12. That's in the New Testament. Page 810 in the Church's Bible. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one... There is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one of us, just as he determines. Now, maybe you're here and you're saying, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. What I'd like for you to do is, you go away this week, and you think, and you pray, and you ask God, if you've never done this, to say, what is my spiritual gift? Because if you have believed in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, if you have committed your life to Him, definitely, definitely, you've got a spiritual gift. Because God is going to empower you. God is going to infuse you. God is going to use you to bring that gift and share it with us for the common good and for the furtherance of His kingdom. So that's it. I'd like for you to go away. I'd like for myself and for the elders this week to commit to pray for you guys, if we can, all by name, that you go away and you think and you pray if you've never done this. Actually, before we pray, I'd like to have um, some time just to think a little bit about the gifts that God has given us. And if we haven't had them, that moment that we say, God, we want to be part of your kingdom and transforming this generation. Reveal me your gift.